Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton, and welcome to another podcast where we're going to be getting through loads of content in the run-up to the return of Premier League football after the international break. We're going to be looking ahead to the Manchester City game. We're going to be travelling to the Etihad on Sunday uh, in a game which will probably be a bit of a baptism of fire uh, for us Everton supporters, but we'll be looking ahead to that myself and Owen Parks. And then after that, we'll be having a little discussion on transfers, Everton affairs in general, a little bit of, you know, few few little discussions, little talk on all things football, really, and that'll be coming up after the match preview. So stay tuned for that later on in the podcast. Uh, and we'll get straight into it with that match preview. Welcome to the match preview for Manchester City versus Everton. Everton going into a game against the Premier League champions. Uh, again, title challenges, of course. And we go into this one, of course, on the back of, oh, I think it's about five or six games now without a win. Uh, so not, not the ideal uh, way to go into this game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I'm joined by Owen. Owen, what's... How are you feeling going into this one? It, it, it's probably the, the biggest write-off of the season, to be honest, because Man City are, are so good in terms of everything. I think that there's a, there's a lot made about the technical ability, but they work so hard as well. So a group of 11 players who work so hard for the team, as as well as the ability to guard it, it's a bit of a thankless task, isn't it? Um, so like Man United, where there are loads of good players, but there's no co- sort of cohesive way of playing or anything. Man City are just really good, so I'm not too confident for this one. I think we're going to have to have a, a lot of luck and hope they're not quite on to get anything from the game. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I mean, Crystal Palace went there a few weeks back on one two nil. Yeah, I suppose but they've they've always done well there. Really, they've yeah, always that is good true. Man City. Someone said, I think someone said in um, on social media, Crystal Palace went and did that, but it's just not in Everton's nature to go and do that. Well, we did last season a lot, but it it, it doesn't seem likely at the moment, does it? No, it really doesn't. I mean, in terms of the injuries, there's rumours, you know, the Corey might be back for this one. Um, Calvert-Lewin, not yet. That that seems like it's looking more less and less likely. I think you're more likely going to see the core at Brentford next week than you are against Man City. That'll be a bit of an unfair one to throw him in. I think. Um, I I think we need to pack the midfield out because if we go with a two in there, I think we're going to get overrun really quickly and really easily. Because not not many. I can't think of any team. Who could who would play two in midfield against Man City? 
and, and, and have lived to tell the tale, to be honest. So I think we're going to have to have three really hard working midfielders and then almost drop off in a 4 5 1. Yeah, I think that'll almost certainly be the case, but it's going to be different to, difficult to find that three because you mentioned Tapore, yeah, yeah. but Tom Davis is injured as well now, isn't he? Yeah, I think you're probably more likely going to see Delph, um, Alan, and maybe, like it has been the case lately, maybe Andros Townsend will slot in there as a third one. So, because he works out, so I. I it isn't beyond the realms and he can carry the ball forward. I think you might see that. Maybe, but again, it's a case of, you know, we, we just can't seem to get the luck in terms of the injuries. You know, every time a player comes back, someone else seems to get injured. Yeah, it does seem like that. I, I think I think if we're going to get anything from the game, we're going to have to produce a really, really solid performance, particularly defensively, because they, they're so good at carving teams open and off, they're off the ball movements. They are a fantastic team. And someone said the other day, well, what's the best in the team performance I've ever seen against Everton? And I think that one a couple of years ago when Man City came, and I think they were free and up in about 10, 15 minutes. I think we did one free one in the end, but the way they controlled the game, the movements, the chances they created, it was just. It was just scary how much better than us they were. It was about three or four years ago. But, it was um, Allardyce was in charge. Yeah, Big Sam was in charge. I, I, we 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 didn't even do an awful lot wrong that day. I think I think we were we got a goal from Balassi and it weren't like we were terrible. It was just they were ridiculously good. I think Pep said at the end of that season. I think for that first half that was the most complete he'd been all season. It would be against everything you would get that, wouldn't you? But no, I think they're really good, but we're, we're going to have to be... It's going to have to be a bit of a swing and a prayer, to be honest, if we're going to get anything on, on Sunday. You can say that again. I think it's going to be a pretty chasing experience uh, watching Everton play against... Until Carlo, anyway, Everton against anyone in the top six is usually pretty chasing but even with Carlo last season, we tried just about everything against Man City. And I think the two home games, the one in the Cup in particular, but the one in the league as well, we got them to about 75 minutes and it was a draw. And I think Mina has one off the line and they just, they nicker at the end. So we did give them a, a good account of ourselves last season without actually getting anything concrete. But the last time we played them, it was the end of last season. We just have to throw everything at it, see if we could win to get into Europe and they end up smacking us 5-0. So even when they're off, they're just off on the beach, they can still put five or six past you. Yeah, I think that's after one of them. I mean, I think we were, if they were on the beach, I think we were in Atlanta coaching, I think, in that game. We shouldn't have been because we were the one we'd have got, we could have gone into Europe, but yeah, it is what it is. I think it was the end of the season and Everything. It was no fans in the ground for the last time, and I think the whole league just had the collective. Oh, sod this off! <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just one of them. But you know, I think obviously this one at the Etihad. I mean, if it was a good listen, you never know what might happen. But I don't see much going our way in this one. Not to mention the no. re- the referees and um. You know, the Spurs game, our last game, was a good indicator of how the referees aren't 
always giving us the line and share the decisions. I'm sick of talking about referees, so I'll just wait until after the game to see who's our referee. Do we know? Stuart Atwell. Oh, okay. There and we our go. best mate, our best mate, Cavan, is now on the VAR. Do they, do they just like swap positions on all our games every week? Because it seems one's doing one and one's doing the other. It reminds me of the way uh, Putin and Medvedev just like swap prime minister and president bold every four years just to like make it <laughs> to like get around the rules of like outlasting our terms. I'm not going to get into all that because I have no idea where it will land me. Um, but in terms of what we can do, I think what what could it's very very sort of a very thin thin look what way of looking at it in terms of could we? But Rafa Benitez has got a history, let's just say, of pulling off big results against the odds against teams much better than. All that being said, I've not seen much evidence and much organisation or evidence so far. But that being said, at other clubs, he has been able to drag these performances out and these results. And we're going to need a couple in these next couple of weeks because we've got one hellish set of fixtures. You can see we've got a hellish set of fixtures. All right. I think, like you say, we've got Brentford next. And Apart from Brentford, it's all a tough one. Apart from Brentford, I don't even fancy that, mate. I'm not being funny. I've watched them recently. Not, not up too much. There've been a couple of decent starts. They got they got a draw against Liverpool, didn't they? Yeah, but they've been beat to like Norwich and some other teams. Newcastle, I think they play this weekend. So if they get beat against Newcastle, you're looking and think it's no winning five or something like that. But so by that logic, we should be able to go there and win. That's but, when uh, Everton's um, Everton become very charitable in those occasions. Oh yeah, we love it. We love it, don't we? But seriously, we've got to start finding it because we've got so many difficult games. We've got to find a formula and a system that gets us results. And win ugly. It's simple as that, I think. Win. <laughs> got to pick up points so however we can get them. And if that if that's by booting it to the opposition corner flag when Man City give us the ball back for some reason, <laughs> so it's tough. Because we've got to find a way. If we don't find a way, we're going to be in a relegation battle by the end of Christmas. By That's January, right. we're looking at a relegation battle if we don't find a way because we've got so many difficult games that the losses will pile up. I don't know. Did someone say we'd won one in so many, one in eight or something like that? Yeah, it's, I think it's one winning like eight or nine now, yeah. But if you have a look at the games we got, that could be one winning like 15 by the time we're finished. Yeah, that is serious relegation form. Exactly. So we've got to find something, a system. I don't care if it's eight at the back, it's just, it's got it, it needs must. Because yes. we can't afford to be in the bottom end of the league. Yeah, I think, I think, I always say that I think Benitez is the one to sort that out, but we say that. I'm not but... Evidence of it, like. exactly. That's exactly what I was just going to say, mate. I think I was. If you just asked me at the start of the season, I said if he'd been in a, a pickle like this, I thought Benitez would be ideal to sort that out, but he hasn't sorted it out yet. And you know, we no. played the lesser sides in the league mainly. He did keep a clean sheet against Tottenham last time out, so to, to be fair to him, but he didn't even look like the Harry Kane was literally sitting on his deck chair for the whole of the game, so. It weren't like they were throwing much up in terms of 
opposition where they Tottenham, they were just looking to get out of it themselves to get to the international break to give Conte some time to work on stuff. But so I don't know. We Wolves could have had five wins was that first half. Yeah, I think the issue Wafford put five past us, that's worrying. Yeah, I think to be honest, I think the reason we got so lucky last last time out against Spurs, like someone noted, um, Spurs aren't notorious for the set pieces. No, no, they're not. That's where I think, you know, City, you know, they're, they're probably all right enough that you can exploit it. It's when you're playing the likes of, you know, we've got Palace coming up and teams like that. I'm they're not big sure. Teams, big sides, good at set pieces there, where we're going to as well. Yeah, that's what Brentford I mean. Brentford score a set piece against us, I'm saying. Oh, definitely, yeah. No, that's what I mean. I think Benitez is going to get himself the sack from zonal marking alone. That will be the sword he falls on. I stand in, by that. If it was just the set piece defending, I would say it'd frustrate me. Like, but it'd be something like I think he'd be fixed as this. It'll be all okay. But my issue is our transition defending. It's it's really bad when teams break on us. We're all over the place and trying to recover the ball or get back to stop them from creating a chance. We just run all. <laughs> there's no when teams lose the ball, they they get back. And Benitez is big on this about being compact and not being able to get play through. And you've got a default setting that you're more wide when you've got the ball to stretch teams out. But when you lose the ball, you get back together, and make it difficult. We don't do that. We do, we do, but then we get overrun in midfield and we've got Alan one side of the pitch and no other midfield and then there's just loads of spaces for the opposition to exploit when we're defending counter-attacks and that's a real big problem. And I, I, Tottenham didn't really do anything last time, but in other games, we've looked all over the place when teams have been hitting us on the break. When uh, So it's when we, we West Ham, we did all right the last one I can remember was, and it was just a set piece but in other games we've just looked all over the place and I think if he doesn't sort it he will be out of a job by January yeah I don't doubt that I mean there's no if we if we don't win any of these tough games and we just pick up a few draws and lose the rest and it's one win in 15 no one can survive that no, I don't think I don't think anyone doesn't. When I mean, you can realise that that one win is actually against the bottom team as well. Norwich, yeah. You, know, you can include being knocked out of the League Cup by a Championship team as QPR. well. QPR, ambassadors. I think that's it. it in lies, you know, the the results have been terrible, and it it really isn't good enough. I think he's got to work out, like you say, a strategy. Normally, I trust him to be a strategic manager. He, he's got a track record of it, but I've not I'm seen not him. I'm not writing him off say. because he does have a track record of pulling things out the bag. He did in Newcastle at times, he, but I don't know. I've just not seen any evidence of it. There's one get bright in the way we were very solid that game. There seemed to be like a a good a good desire to defend that game. We've done all right in some games. Norwich, I mean. They, they, weren't, they weren't going to score in a thousand years in Tottenham. But in other games, teams, even when we've won games, teams could have had a couple before we even got into it. So, it, like Southampton, there was, there was a spell after they scored the fair, in the first game where they could have really put the foot in the throat. They could have been two or three up in that game. 
Burnley as well. Yeah, Ben scores. I think before that he could have had, Chris Wood had a chance and um, Leeds Rafinha scores, but then had Delph had to come on to, to shore it up in the end. Yeah, they peppered us. I remember that game. They, they, they peppered. I mean, we, we did well. well, but like, but it was it was, an open it was still game, very open. They could have gone the other way. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, just, it was like the Villa game because the Villa game was sort of 50-50. They scored the first one. They win a three 0 All of our games have pretty much been like that. Same as the Watford one. I mean, we were the yeah. better team, but or at least it was you know in the balance. It was even, I think. It was pretty in the balance, but. You know, you go to two two and you end up losing five two. Exactly. Right. I'd much rather in them situations, even if we got to two two and Benita seeing that we're running on empty, and there's no we haven't got nothing to give him runs on. It's like hobbling about up front, and we've got nothing on the bench. I'd rather him just shut up shop and say we'll get our two two, we'll get a point. It's an extra point. We're not. We did. You kind of did that against Tottenham last time, but it. So I do caveat that, but I also caveat it by Tottenham literally didn't offer a thing going forward the whole game. And even yeah, the week. We don't really look much of a threat ourselves at the moment going forward. Okay, we look like blunt, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit better, I think, since uh, Richarlison come back. But... Yeah, he, he is, he's much better than Rondon, isn't he, so... It's going to be, it's natural. But I had people tell me today he should be doing more. I'm not really sure what Richarlison should be doing when he's stuck up there on his own. Yeah, he should do more. Like, what, go and, go and become the physio and get Calvert-Lewin back a month earlier. That, I mean, that might he, help. Yeah, it's interesting. But the only thing Richarlison could do that he isn't doing already. He won the game pretty much against Watford. The fact that we were so unorganised at the back that we lost it. He came on, we went 2-1 up. That's it, yeah. I mean, it, it was it, it's painful to think like the way we've performed of late. It's just been nowhere near good enough. And, and what and what's even worse now, in the last couple of games, apart from Awobi's obligatory goal against Wolves, we haven't looked like scoring. Yeah, it's like it's really toothless. It's, the needs we haven't even got the set piece goals we had that bailed us out. Exactly. I think we need he needs to find tactics that succeed. And if not, like you say, I think he could like be sacked by the new year if it, he's not careful. I'm not I'm not being all doom and gloom. I just I just think with the run we've had and what's to come, it could be a real bloodbath. And yeah, I, I mean I did see this coming at the start of the season, like so it doesn't surprise me in one bit, but uh, I don't know what I was expecting. I mean, I was expecting a poor league position, but I wasn't expecting it to be this way, if you know what I mean. I was expecting us to sort of well, nod along, be probably a, quite a dour team. I wish and, we were, because at least we'd be picking up results. Exactly, yeah. You know, I, th- I thought it would be, to be honest, I thought it wouldn't be too different to last season towards the end, no. when we were riding out ugly nil-nils and yeah, it was it was something. Put it this way, I didn't expect us like last season to be fourth in March and to end well. But the way we ended the season was really disappointing in the end. But it was at least a season where we we had 
the possibility of getting into Europe. We could we could if we'd have kept a few more players fit. That's another thing. Benitez is the only manager apparently that's ever had injuries. I know it has been a lot, but we had them last season as well. We still got a significant points total in the end compared to what we, I think we'll end up with this season. So I think it's not so, so much. Silver like, had injuries as well, didn't he? So. Silver had the worst luck with injuries, but to be fair, yeah, I think yeah. Benitez for me is probably the next worst after Silver for bad luck. I mean, all the players who've got long injuries are all our best players. Well, yeah, I agree. Corey for starters. I think Corey's the most important player in our team. Calvert-Lewin, probably the next most important. Gone. Mina as well, you know. Yeah, there's a bit of that, but... And to be honest, I can't really forgive Silva's bad luck because he had 100 million in every window he had at the club to make his own luck. Benitez has had a bit over a million quid, so maybe I'm being a bit harsh on him, but I don't know. I think the amount of money Silver had compared to, I know Carlos spent a bit, but it wasn't as much as Silver and Benitez. Even as Sam Allardyce got given 50 million in January, I mean, what kind it's of world do we live in? I don't see, This is what I mean. I, I mean, by all means, back them in that January with a few loans and that. To spend fifty million quid, which you know will come back to bite you in a few years, for what to finish eighth when we were already eighth when we had them players didn't have them. Madness! I I just don't understand. <laughs> there was a survey going round by the Premier League today asking me about your football club. To what extent do you think Everton are a well-run club? I strongly disagree. Vehemently disagree. It's it's mental. I've I've. I've been, been on one today with Brands and Benitez and the board. I, th- I think they're all pretty poor at what they do. Have you got your ticket for the virtual AGM? No. <laughs> I don't, they're normally quite a closed-off event anyway with only shareholders, and that, so we never get to see them, but it's even more um, exclusive this year, isn't it? But Imagine buying your shares in the club so like have to sit on Zoom oh, you'd be, be told what you? to ask. You'd be fuming, wouldn't you? Uh, there's a lot of questions that have to be asked about every single person in a management role or everything. Absolutely. Um, first of, first and foremost, like just the amount of bad decisions include making AGMs virtual only. I know that should be the first question. Why aren't we here? Yeah, I mean that that'd be an interesting way to kick matters off. To be fair, so you could have a field day with me with them ultimately, but. All that you have to do have to put to one side for the moment and just have to just somehow get results. And and I just don't know where they're coming from. Yeah, I don't. Uh, in terms of, you know, I, th- I think we can talk about City all day in terms of what threat they pose. I mean, they, they, they do the wrong thing, but they're so good at what they do. Yeah. Um, they're pretty, they are pretty unique still in the Premier League for how they, they are and they aren't, I think. A lot of there's there's a lot of pound shock peps as you go down the league, but nothing beats the real thing. He's unbelievable at making the team win and play well. I feel like there's plenty of pound shock peps at this level. Oh, anyone's everyone's a pound shock pep these days. I think self-proclaimed um, best manager in the in League One, Ian Everett, got knocked out by five three last night by Stockport. 
claims to be a Guardiola disciple. So he's another. He's not even. My last memory, my last memories of Ian Everton, Holloway's Blackpool team was legit ever like the, the right footed centre half storming down the left wing and putting a cross in. What a mental team that was. That was insane. That. Did <laughs> all right considering as well. Well, no. I mean, to be fair, as we missed Blackpool, I thought they were an all right team. Like they, they were like it wasn't like. There, yeah, it was it, it was actually quite fun to watch. I'm not gonna lie, but I couldn't I couldn't have lived with that. It's literally like yeah. Everton getting beat five two off Watford like every week. That would have been what he's been going through. I couldn't watch it, but Ian Holloway, he's not he doesn't fancy himself as a as a master tactician, does he? So I think that's why I kind of like them. I think it was literally just like give a shit literally just like get everyone forward and try and get a goal. I think that's like yeah, but. He didn't take himself too seriously, and that's why I didn't mind him. Oh, right. I thought he was class all yeah, the way. He's all right. Yeah. He's a bit of a wally the way he talked about the EU and that on Sky programs and all that. So he's a bit of a wally, like, but he kind of is what he is. I have no idea how we've started talking about Blackpool's Premier League adventures under Ian Holloway, but it's the kind of thing you do when you preview a Man City game because. It's the you kind just, of thing you, you try you and like you try and like switch your mind to literally anything other than the upcoming game and the upcoming probably thrashing that's going to be dished out. Yeah, I, I, well, we we probably should do is watch that Ian Holloway Blackpool team and just do the opposite because they would have been beat twelve nil on Sunday. God forbid if like Holloway was still around to be up against. Oh Pep. wow! God, he would he would take some smashings, wouldn't he? He'd probably yeah, get them okay. out. Up the teams aren't exactly. They were a hungry team, weren't they? So, yeah. I mean, he was laughed. I mean, give me Gary Taylor Fletcher over on on any day. Well, Ian Everton runs on. Ian Everton's on. <laughs> yeah. So no, I guess Pep is brilliant. I think Man City, the, the um, they're still quite unique, as I've said, in terms of being. So good and getting the results to match. And if we can somehow shut them down, then it'll be a very, if it's a point, it'll be very much a point gained. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think anything, like I say, to stop the rot, you know, basically try not to have repeat performances of Wolves or Wofford. I think any of that will be nice. If I ever write a memoir when I'm 80 about experiences or everything that Watford game's coming into it because I've never seen anything quite like that before in my life yeah it was like it's vintage levels of embarrassment to me and I remember as a as a nine year old I think watching uh, Stelios Janakopoulos score a hat-trick for Bolton of course it was like 4-0 <laughs> West Brom did us 4-5-1 one, one year I was at I that one it... as well yeah I... They had some cracking set pieces though that day, to be fair. We battered them and they won 4 1. So. Gabriel Tamas scored, I think. And he was the one who yeah. played for Bucharest. Oh, when... well. Yeah, he played for Bucharest and when Big Dunk elbowed him. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that wasn't fair. So we're going very much down memory lane here. <laughs> I'm literally doing anything to deflect from the fact that we're up against like an absolute juggernaut of a team and we're an absolute circus. Do you know, if we were playing Man City, we were in good form and we had a nice little run in your drink, we'd give it a go, see what happens. But one win in Nathan, what we've got coming up, 
if that Brentford game is so huge. Yeah, I think to be honest, if even if it was like I'd be like, oh, we'll probably get beat, but I'm not really bothered because we've won a couple of games. It's a bit of a free hit. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? But, a lot of teams have that kind of mentality to City away, where it's like we'll just win before and after, and if we get a five nil beating, then it's so what? Yeah, you're half tempted to put the reserves on. You so, did that one game away in Man City. Had two games, and he put a complete reserve team out for the Wednesday game because they had a big game. And I think it was Neil Warnock, a, a, a man, a Cardiff. Cardiff or something, yeah. Yeah, he had like I don't know the under twenty threes playing because they had like Brighton away on the Saturday. It was just vintage Warnock. Guys, Warnock answers to no one. Yeah. Oh, that's class, that. But yeah, well... Because um, he still has it in for Liverpool because they put, like, a reserve team out 10 years before. To send Sheffield United And so we did the same to them 10 years later. Oh, yeah, they put a weakened team out, Benitez, didn't he, against Fulham? Yeah. Yeah. And they ultimately meant Sheffield United went down. So from 10 years later, whatever it was, he put out a weakened team for Cardiff against Man City in the week because it was... I think Liverpool's title challenge was just... That is like worn-off pettiness, that, isn't it? That's fine. Yeah. You can tell he's been waiting to do that for 10 years, yeah. He won't be eating for the, like, the ball to be in his court. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just taken that to his grave if that never happens. Mm. Uh, I oh. think he only got 2-0 as well. Good play, you know, the worn-off effect. Yeah. And I think he won the Brighton game on the Saturday, so he, he, he's he's won in many instances there. Very much vindicated. Uh, I mean, you know, if, if he says does go in January, Warnock in, who says no? <laughs> he just left Butter. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just be to get our three points. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't I mean, to be, fair, to be fair, that'll probably be like. 90% of good so if they were in his shoes. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, we'll, uh, we'll wrap up this prediction before I go, our minds go wander any, fa- we'll any, any further. Back. Yeah, we'll finish with our predictions. What, what do you think's going to occur on the weekend, though? I think we're going to batter them. <laughs> Ian Everett's going to strike all from centre-half and we're crossing. Goal scorers. Yeah, Ian Everett's going to strive ball from centre half and put it on a plate for Marlon Ables. <laughs> Charlie Adam. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm all realist. If we keep it nil nil as long as possible, we might go down the other end and score. So I'm, I think we'll lose our one nil. I think, I think we'll put in a performance, but ultimately we won't have enough. Um, I'll go for yeah let's just go with me as I think it's going to be a repeat of last season 5-0 that's what I really <laughs> I'm just speaking with my head like, I've, I've said on the year before like, Everton have broke my heart that much I can't really speak from my heart anymore I'll speak with my head when it comes to Everton agreed yeah so there you go guys loads of optimism I mean that's, I was just I the, uh, the, the Blackpool talk. I mean, as far as Everton are concerned, it wasn't the most optimistic show, but uh, yeah, but that's how that's how it generally is. Like, to actually talk about the game. 
Oh yeah, that'd be great. Um, but you know, you know, needs must when you're looking for some form of optimism uh, going into, you know, like I say, a game at the Premier League champions when you're in the worst run of form we've seen at Everton for quite a while. If people want, we can just scrap these off and just do a week by week review of Ian Holloway's Blackpool. So, how did he do in the season? Oh, Warnock's card. That's still. Oh, Warnock's card. If you guys tune into the podcast, of course, it's just myself and Owen. So, no quiz this week. But what it does mean is that we just get to have a little bit of a discussion on a few topics, all things Everton, really, in the last week or so, of course. I think today, of course, Jordan Pickford has been linked with a move to Tottenham. Apparently, Antonio Conte is really keen on that. Um, but, you know, that, that's just the media speaking. But there's been a lot of, like, discussion about would he make the move and if the opportunity arose. But, oh, and what's your take on Pickford to Spurs? Is that a I think. Um, if they pay, someone said fifty million to me today. So they pay someone paid fifty million. I'll get the car ready and I'll drive them down there myself. If someone's F- going fifty. To... Yeah, fifty million for a goalie. I, I mean, I, I push. If I went for seventy, I'd push for about seventy myself. Would you, for Pickford? England's number one. For... Yeah, I guess. The other one but... goalkeeper of the tournament at the last Euros. And if Kepa Reza Balagas were at 72, then he is. Yeah, of course, but that was just woeful decision making. I think you, know, um, you can get Edouard Mendy for 15 million in this market. So is Pickford better than Mendy? No, 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 of course he's not. And so it's. I don't know, it's one of them. I, I, I would like him to stay, and I, it's not like I've got a vendetta against him because I think he's a good goalie, but if people are offering big money like that for him and we could get a different goalie for a lot cheaper, then I'd probably consider it because it would sort our financial situation out somewhat and we might be able to spend a bit of money if we manage to get big money for someone who's quite replaceable considering there's a lot of solid goalkeepers about yeah, I think that's the thing. He'd be a lot easier to sell for big money and replace than it would be to replace a Charlton or a Corey. Exactly. So that's why I, I would be quite open for that because I think, I don't know, it's, it's easy to say we don't want to sell any of our best players, but we need all to. The best, all the best teams or even any team that's been relatively successful on any level sells the best players and reinvests. It's it, it's it's life in the Premier League for most clubs. So I don't know. For me, I would I don't want to sell them, but I think out of everyone who's been kind of I don't know anyone who's basically remotely sellable. I think he wouldn't be a bad shout if we're getting that kind of money for him. I mean, I mean, if that doesn't of course work out, there's always the possibility of Calvert Lewin to Arsenal, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, the um, it's that that's obviously some Arsenal fans are convinced is a thing, even though I'm not even sure if the media have touted that one. I don't know where that's come from, to be honest, because I've not seen it literally anywhere. Come from the Arsenal Twitter underworld, where 
everyone's oh, convinced Calvert Lewin's grew up in like I don't know Calvert Lewin Calvert Lewin's grew up with like posters of Henri on his wall and supported literally this the same thing they say about any young English player. Interesting. I, I they they have spent 150 million in the summer. They don't really recoup a lot back, so I, I'm not sure where they're going to get Calvert Lewin from money from next summer, but. So that's for them to work out. Plus, why would he want to go to a team that's finished eighth twice when we finished a little under them? When he could possibly get a better move to a team in the Champions League, it, it nonsense. But yeah, on Pickford, I, I like Pickford. I think he's a decent goalie, but you're getting big money for him. You've got to have a look at it. Definitely. I mean, like you say, I think at this stage we've got to learn that. To be well run, we've got to start selling and reinvesting wisely and having a proper strategy. And I think that's where a lot of people haven't looked around on social media today when this rumour was thrown around. A lot of people are not against selling him. They're just worried about what our recruitment team would serve up in terms of a now, That's fair enough. I can't disagree with that. I mean, there's, there's good, solid goalies out there who could do a job as such but would Everton pick them out or would they just I don't know go for a, a, someone who's not really whatever or something probably yeah you know someone like that so it, it it's it's an interesting one I wouldn't want to sell them but if that's what it's got to take for, for some investment then I'll drive them down there myself and that's nothing against Pickford I just think for it Decent for a decent goalie, we have big money, then I'm all ears. Oh, definitely. And in that, with that in mind, if we were to reinvest it wisely, who would you consider? You know, we've just said well, like so, to Bradka and that, who like we wouldn't have, but who would you go for? Someone was supposed to speak to someone today, and having had a look, I would agree. Um, Strakoska from Lazio, he's on a free in the summer, he's a really good goalie, six foot two, six foot three. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, good with his feet. I think he's a decent goalie. If we could get him for nothing, he's still only 26, then I think that would work out good business for Everton. But that doesn't sound like Everton business, though, does it? At all. That does. Uh, what will Everton get? Probably, I don't know. Bring Manuel Almuni out of retirement or something. So. He was Blackpool's goalkeeper in 2011. Black Ilks. Yeah, let's get him then. <laughs> Only a leverage. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Smithies. <laughs> That's what you're looking at, though, isn't it? But I don't know. I think I don't. Ideally, we we would keep John Pickford because he's a decent goalie. But I'm I'm not sure we're in a position to negotiate these things. No, I think we've got to be more strategic, though. I think. Pickford is like you say is probably the most sellable asset that is also sellable for us it's like we could maybe afford to lose him that's what I think which is I, I definitely agree with that again though I think I, I have the same sentiments as the majority of the fan base where I'm just sceptical of the recruitment team's ability and I think I think I've obviously been very scarred by the way we replaced or failed to replace Romelu Lukaku. 
Yeah. And, you know, John Stones as well, probably. You know, those types of players who we haven't really... Yeah. Players I... of that calibre back ever since, even like, or brought in players a level below who had the potential to reach that level again. No, I I completely agree, but they I don't know. It's I think if Everton is to ever be decent, one of our big players will have to be sold so we can invest it because we can't just go from summer to summer spending a few million here and there. The tires open from now on because we don't have that luxury. No, I mean. It, it all depends, doesn't it, on like what's happening behind the scenes. Is the club any closer to getting a grip in terms of recruitment? I mean, this summer would suggest maybe yes. The players we brought in have been a bit better and more suitable. Um, you know, better bang for our buck. But Yeah, I mean, if I've ever had to get into Europe, or be a team that regularly gets in Europe. Will any would any team who qualifies for Europe have signed any of the players we signed? Maybe Gray, but that's about it. Yeah, but Leicester sold him for literally pennies to go to Germany. He never played there, and they were Leverkusen. Unless there are two teams in Europe. Yeah, it's true, but I think he's definitely been one of our better players. But I think that's more of maybe a damning indignation of the rest of the team more than anything else. Yeah, that's how I would look at it because... That we've signed a player who maybe isn't the level that we needed, but he certainly come in and made more of an impact than the majority of our current squad from last season. No, I agree. I think he's an, he's a, he's an upgrade, but I still don't think he's... He's an upgrade on a Wobie. Yeah, he's an upgrade on a Wobie. He's not... I wouldn't consider him as someone... If we're going to be regularly in Europe, he's going to be a regular starter. That's that's my opinion anyway. I think he's decent, but I don't think he's so. If if someone said to me, if Everton are going to be in Europe, would would you consider Damari Graves starting every week to be a part of that? I would say no. No, of course not. Like, I'd, I'd like, I, I think he'd have a plate in the squad. I think he'd be a decent yeah. bench player, but to come. Yeah, to come off the bench with 20 minutes to go, half an hour, change the game, maybe. And I think he's done all right so far. I'm not having a go with him. I just don't think he's the, at the required level for Everton to 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 go up the league. But uh, he's done well, so it's not, it's not having a go with him. I think it's more of a situation that we need to start recruiting players who are similar age and value to great, but someone plays with a bit of a higher ceiling who's a bit more consistent because he's still a bit wasteful in front of goal. If you saw that Gay Villa game, if he scores that chance, we go 1-0 up, don't we? So it's just things like that that I think he could possibly improve on. Yeah, and to be fair, like I think there are players out there that we could be looking at. Like They're just not in the obvious places that you know it's not the Premier League you can't be looking in the Premier League or even the Bundesliga like the more obvious league you've got to be a bit cleverer like Moyes when he Moyes at West Ham he's managed to pull a few players from Sparta Prague and they've all fitted into his team in the system in the exact way he wants them to he's very good at spotting a player that fits into how he does it doesn't matter really if they're a household household name or not 
I mean, in those kind of roles, sometimes you just need honest grafters. Yeah, and I think, I think he does work hard, Craig, so maybe it's a step in the right direction. But I would think it's definitely a step in the right direction, but I think we need another 11 of those. Yeah, I think we need... I think that's the kind of base level of play we have to start looking at going forward to do agree. I just think a step above that, in my opinion, would be where I think we should be going. People think I'm dead against Tamari Gray now, and I'm not completely. I just, I just think that I still don't think it's ideal for where we want to be. But he's done well. Yeah, I think. He has done well, and I think he'll continue to do well if we brought in like more players of that ilk, players with a bit more hunger to succeed. Some of these players haven't got that. That's obvious to see. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the whole hunger to succeed also comes from the strategy within the club. I think we've, we can talk to the cows come home about the strategy of the hierarchy and, you know, the mistakes here's, here's and the, a, the laziness. Here's a question for you then. Who 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 would you um trust more going forward to choose to build Evans team in terms of recruitment, brands or Benitez? Really good question. I'm not sure how much I'd trust either of them, to be honest with you. <laughs> um I'll be honest, I'd probably go with Marcel Brands. Okay. But not the Marcel Brands who's been given a seat on an Everton board. The Marcel okay. Brands before he got a seat on the Everton board who, you know, I think probably had more to prove. And the Marcel Brands from PSV who has a, you know, like you said there, a selling club strategy, the ability to bring in players with high ceilings, improve them, sell them, carry it yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be like Marco Silva type football where it's a bit open and, you can still build a team that's rigid and, you know, aggressive and, you know, ugly, hard to beat. You can bring those type players in and West still build like that. West Ham have done it. There's, there's loads of examples of this all across Europe of counter-attacking teams and teams who are maybe defensive or deeper still recruiting well and not, not just blowing every penny they've got on 30-year-olds. So... I still think, but for my answer, I wouldn't trust either of them. I wouldn't trust Marcel Brands to to run a bath and Benitez as an egomaniac who wouldn't have any within five miles of Trippinch Farm if I had my way. But it's, it's out of the two. I think Benitez's track record stands. He's a bit stronger, than, yeah. It's, but I was just asking because it's a, it's a, it's a certainly a question. It's a talking point. It's a, it's a very good why. question to be honest. It's a, it's a I very. Don't, I don't think I don't think the pair see eye to eye is my points. I don't see either, but um, I don't see eye to eye with either of them. Like the same as you would think. Hmm. <laughs> Ideally, we would have a full reboot, but it, isn't it not easy? I'm saying to I think I've said to a few people now. I've said to people in in my work, and I've said to people. I think I said it in our group chat as well. Like, I think Everton, we as fans could probably go and form our own version of like AFC Wimbledon, come up to the 12 leagues in the pyramids <laughs> and probably, you know, win a trophy before the current Everton could do that. And I think that's a thing we've got a better chance of. You know, I think <laughs> probably. That we've probably got a better chance because, like, you know, it, 
like you say, you've got so much rot inside the club. The amount of bad personnel who are like running it badly. You know, yeah. you can't you can't sack everyone and meet at the same time. No, but <laughs> certainly it's right. <laughs> yeah. So it's I don't know. Maybe it being a bit harsh, maybe, but I just I just think. I, I'm just not really convinced with by anyone in any kind of decision making power everything. Yeah, agreed. So I yeah, we, 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 we let's get down to that AGM as soon as we can and like make our oh, voices yeah. ahead. Get our digital tickets, yeah. <laughs> oh god. I, I was kind of I was kind of keeping my head together when Carlo was there because I trusted him to be the the adult in the room and to sort of cut through the nonsense and know the agendas and pick out what would bring Everton greater results on the pitch. To be honest, I think, I'll be honest, I'm, more, I'm inclined to believe that he was as well, I think. No, probably no, one of the main reasons why he walked. I know it was Madrid, well, yeah. obviously, but... There's a lot of conjecture about that, but I, I, he was, and, and that's why I was kind of calm. And that, The one window we had when Brands and Benitez, Brands and Ancelotti were working together, Managed again, Hammers, who when he was on the pitch and he, we knew the business was very good. We had to Corey proved improved us massively. Godfrey was great last season. Alan's been Alan's been at least decent. Even Olsen, our backup goalie was better than the backup goalie we've got now. So we our recruitment after the, there was a bit of a I don't know of a strategy for the short term and the longer term last last summer. Obviously, spending hampered us this summer, so I can't really blame anyone, but. My point is, I don't think either of them get on right to wine, so it's a question of whose judgment would you trust? Yeah, neither. Yeah, <laughs> but we've got to sort of trust someone, haven't you? So it's, I, I, I think Benitez will probably end up getting his own way, but me, me sort of, um, my, my trust is in neither, so I'm not. Uh, it depends who whoever can be the most frugal for the benefit of Everton, really. Yeah, I think both Definitely. of them are notoriously quite frugal, but they're notoriously both quite stubborn as well. So it's yeah, the Dutch are well known for being quite aloof and stubborn, and Benitez could start an argument in an empty room with an owner. So it's yeah. it's interesting. It's one of them, like like you say. The Dutch have got a track record, so we can imagine brands will be taking Benitez's locker away from them too. Uh, I think you can just they don't speak to they just give each other glares, don't they, when they're walking past each other. Uh, I just imagine that like that, that gif everyone remembers of like brands just walking down the tunnel in a suit. <laughs> I think if both had the way, neither well, if Benitez had his way, brands wouldn't be there. The brands out there's way Benitez wouldn't be there, so it's where it's such a healthy combination. So it tells you just everything you want to know about, like how well run we are, you know, on a scale of like, like, like that post. No one likes well run or <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, on that note, ever. on that note, when's uh, Ian being announced as the new manager? <laughs> well, self proclaimed best manager in League One, Ian, isn't he? So. He shares all the confidence of Ian Holloway. <laughs> no, I wonder where it's, it must just be people called Ian. <laughs> Ian Dowie, what's he up to? Exactly, yeah. 
whatever, whatever, whatever players have we had called Ian in the past. Well, Ian Marshall, let's get him in. Yeah, a big, big mullet. <laughs> oh, the, there's been a. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Oh no! Yeah. One minute, I'll, I'll get, get some. Let's find some. Ian Snowden. Ian Snowden, of course, of course, one of the the club ambassadors. Let's get him in. Yeah. Ian Turner. There we go. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of, Ian Turner. Yeah. I was thinking of a goalie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Just get anyone in call to you. They're obviously very confident managers. Yeah, the they've got the um sort of ego and the self confidence. Let's just say to manage a club by and just get all the Ian's in. Just get all the Ian's in and get the the centre backs overlapping past nobody. Yeah. Le- leaving a big like Get Tim Sherwood in his motivational speaker, considering he's so such so, so, opinion, so opinionated on everything. That's the best idea of it. Actually, why don't we just get the whole cast of Talk Sports on and get them to the country stuff? Yeah, you know that means Big Sam gets his return. Big Big, big Sam comes in. You know, you got Gabby Agbonlo. Oh, Simon Jordan, chairman. Simon Jordan is the chairman. The business by February. Jamie O'Hara. Oh, God. He was another Barclays icon, 2010 player. Yeah, he, he's definitely he's from that either. So it's like Bonlaho. Jamie O'Hara had more loans than I don't know what, honestly. More loans than the TSB. <laughs> I'm telling you. He, every year, Spurs used to just send it. He, he was a Spurs 15 years, played 10 games for them because he was always on loan. But it, it was one of them. I mean... Yeah, there's another one with Harry Redknapp. Oh, Christ. Does it ever just have a go and do what you want, manager, Tim, isn't it? He said once you can believe in tactics. I mean, to be fair, I remember Roberto Martinez sitting on Sky Sports with a cup of cappuccino and just being like, I wouldn't dream of practising set pieces. I, I, did he actually ever say that? Because I can't actually believe for a minute a professional football manager would, would come out with such nonsense. He didn't. He said it in a roundabout way. He said like, "I prefer to focus on open play or something." Yeah, oh, just he is an absolute clown, the man, and I, I just don't know. He keeps getting linked to these really good jobs in the Premier League, and I'm wondering what planet. Surprised Newcastle didn't go for him over Eddie Howe. It's, it's tomato tomato, isn't it? <laughs> You're getting the same thing with either, aren't you? So, no point splitting hairs about it, is it? Yeah, is it? It was an interesting one, obviously. But Martinez, I saw some belts of football under him, but some some of it was awful. Oh, didn't didn't enjoy most the majority of it. Let's just put it nicely. Yeah, it was pretty shambolic. I mean, we we'll move on. Not, not. Yeah, we will move on. We'll leave it at that anyway. Uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast, guys. Hope you've enjoyed our little discussions. Um, our love of it's all things Blackpool twenty eleven. Yeah, it's just been been thinking out loud, haven't we? Is what I would like to call it. 
yeah, I mean, Ed, Ed, Ed Sheeran wrote that song after watching Blackpool play. Probably. There you go. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you next time.